right. Are we ready for the word of the Lord this morning? Amen. Look, go ahead and stand to your feet. Turn to Luke chapter number 17 in your Bibles. Luke chapter number 17. I'm going to begin reading in verses uh, 11 all the way down to verse number 19 in your Bibles. Gospel of Luke. Chapter number 19, I'm sorry, chapter 17, verses 11 down to verse number 19. And it reads, now it happened as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And then as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers who stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, Have mercy on us. So when he saw them, he said to them, Go, show yourselves to the priest. And so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. So Jesus answered and said, were there not 10 cleansed? But where are the nine? Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Arise, go your way. Your faith has made you well. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we focus our attention on you right now, Lord, and we're asking, Lord God, that you would speak to all of us very clearly, very precisely. Lord, we're looking for direction. We're looking, Lord, for understanding. We want to be And, Lord, we want our character to reflect the goodness of God and everything that you are, Lord, that you are making us to be. God, we want to embrace that this morning. So I pray this morning, God, that every heart will be open. I pray that every mind will be focused. I pray that the Holy Spirit will bring great clarity to us all. And, God, we will be transformed by what we hear today. As I always pray, Lord, none of me and all of you. Help us, O God, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated in the Lord's presence. Goodness, time has really flown by really, really fast. And so we are in part four of our series entitled Good Times. And we had said in previous weeks that we kicked off this series so that We can really all enjoy our Christmas and Thanksgiving holidays from a biblical perspective. And I really do pray and I hope that you have been applying some of these uh, principles that we have been talking about. Because God wants all of us to maximize the opportunities that he is giving to each and every one of us. And so uh, just by way of recap, I just want to bring us up to speed. Uh, We kicked off the series talking about... Uh, forgiveness is a good time to forgive. God challenged us uh, to restore relationships. In other words, 
simply to take the initiative, to take the initiative and be the one that says, you know what, I am going to try. Everybody say try. I'm going to try to make this relationship better. I am going to do whatever I need to do to forgive. But not only that, I'm going to be a person that will facilitate forgiveness. And so I want you to understand that this is a time, I know for many of us, we have family in town and all of that's great. And, you know, but for a lot of folks, uh, this is a very difficult time. A lot of folks around us who are lonely, one of the things they say is that suicide rate tends to go up around this time of year because of uh, broken relationships and because of loneliness. And so we have the distinct opportunity to really to reach out and, and, and do whatever we can to be that bridge over those troubled waters. How do we know that God wants to help us in our relationships? And so when we walk in forgiveness, when we, when we take the initiative and say, Lord, I'm going to be a person that forgive. Lord, I'm going to be a person that facilitates that. I believe God will bless us in an amazing way. We talked uh, week two about a good time to rest in the Lord. Um, now, one of the things that God showed us in that message was that, that sometimes we are tired, not just because we're physically tired, but oftentimes a lot of your tiredness is because that we're just not at rest in our spirit. How many know that when you're troubled, when you're worried, and when you're anxious in your spirit, that, that has a way of making you tired even if you slept all day? You know what I'm talking about. So when we talk about rest in the Lord, I believe God wants us to be at a point where we're totally at rest and totally trusting him, that, that, that we're living our life without worry, without frustration, without anger, without bitterness, that we're completely and totally free of that and that we're simply resting in God. How I many of you know that, that there's a major benefit when you're at rest in God? And for a lot of us, we'll find out that we'll have a whole lot more energy if we learn to rest in the Lord. And so last week, God challenged us about uh, giving and serving. It's a good time to give and serve. And so we talked about the fact that it's more blessed to give than to receive. Now, just in case anybody misunderstood what I was trying to communicate, I was not communicating that it's not a blessing to receive. How many know that it is a, it's a blessing when God blesses you? When God gives you stuff, how many know it's a blessing? When, when, when God moves on the hearts of other people to give to you, how many know it's a blessing? It's a blessing to have nice things in life. I, I wasn't trying to communicate that, but all we was trying to communicate is what the Bible says in the book of Acts. It said it is more blessed. Everybody say more blessed. more blessed. It's more blessed to give than to receive. And so what we said in that message was God challenged us to really begin to focus more on how we can be a blessing to somebody else. Not just, Lord, what I'm going to get, but step out of that realm for a moment, step out of that place and say, you know what, I'm going to do it totally different this year. I am going to be a person that's simply going to look for an opportunity to bless somebody. And how many know, and not be mad if somebody don't give you stuff back. Come on, somebody, because you shouldn't have gave it if you gave it because you simply wanted somebody to give something back to you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? As Christians, we give with no strings attached. We give out of love. We give because we love God. And so today, this brings us to our, our, our final part of our series. We want to talk about a, it's a good time to be uh, thankful. Uh, a good time to be thankful. Now, here's the reality. And because I know this, and this is what happens sometimes this time of year. Every time that we seem to get together with family, even though this is a family time, there are, 
there are a lot of times when family come together that sometimes uh, uh, relationships, things are not always perfect. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Uh, you, know, you know, none of us have perfect situations and, and perfect families. But there is, there is always, even in the midst of our putting stuff together and preparing, you know, uh, there's always going to be somebody who don't act right. Come on. There's always going to be somebody who don't do what they're supposed to do. There's always going to be somebody who don't be what they are supposed to be. But here's the thing. You should not be tripping over that. And so what happens is when people don't do what they're supposed to do, act the way they're supposed to act, we have a tendency sometimes we can gather together with family and we're not careful. We can fall into this thing where we're all complaining. Sometimes my family gathering is complaining about other family members. How many know that, that, that words have power? And that, listen to me, church, that we need to change the atmosphere. We need to be people say, you know what? I am going to be thankful no matter what happens in my life. No matter whether things go the way I want them to go, whether my folks act the way they want to act, or maybe, uh, you know, things are just not shaping up for me. It doesn't matter. But, but here's the thing. Our attitude is, God, I'm going to be thankful no matter what. Because how many know circumstances should not dictate whether or not you're thankful or not? Are you hearing what I'm saying? People should not dictate whether or not you are thankful or not. So what we must understand is that, thank, listen to me, when it comes to thanksgiving, it is a powerful force in the kingdom of God. Powerful. And many of us don't do it enough. But every one of us in this room, if you've been in this church for any length of time, you know that you've been taught that complaining is a non-starter with God. Non-starter. Whenever you start, I mean, God, God, look, God was about ready to wipe out his, all, his, his, all of his people until Moses had to intercede. Why? Because the people start complaining. Oh, God, we, we don't like our situation. We like what it, where it was in Egypt. Oh, God, we, 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 we want more. God, this, we're not happy. We don't like this. Where's the meat? And they just went into all this complaining, complaining. And God said, Moses, let me alone. I am hot. I'm going to get ready to get rid of these people. Now, now we, we, we laugh, but, but here's the thing about that. God became that troubled and that angry simply because they were complaining. Complaining. And, and, and hear me, it is a whole lot easier to complain than to give thanks. Some of you, if you're honest, you came to church this morning complaining. Some of us came walking in the door this morning complaining about something. Somebody. It's a whole lot, it, it's really easy to walk in and just complain. But here's the problem. God does not like it, not one iota. So we have an opportunity to change that. That this, that this everybody say this time. <laughs> this time is going to be different for you and I. We're going to be people, we're going to say, Lord, I'm just going to, I'm just going to be thankful. In fact, I want this to be your, listen, I want this to be what we all say this whole holiday season, that we go back home and you just, look, just say no complaining. Look at your neighbor and say no complaining. That's going to be the motto at, at the table. You know, when, when the family come over and they want to start tripping, hey, hey, no complaining. If you don't like the way the beans was cooked, don't like the way the macaroni and cheese was cooked, no complaining. If you don't like, no complaining. 
How many know now, now why I say that? Because when we're thankful, it releases the power of God like nothing else. How many know it's hard to give God praise and then thank God and complain at the same time? You got to do one or the other. Either you're going to complain or you're going to say, Lord, I thank you. How many know that both can't occupy the same place? I've discovered in my life that the more I'm thankful, the less room I have for complaining. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because I know your situation ain't ideal. And it's good how God teaches us through his word. He's already told us how it's going to be. I already said, like the video said, in this world, you'll have a little trouble here and there. And, but be of good cheer. God is over. You already know this stuff. But yet and still, we still fall into this mode sometimes where we just, we just, we just get bogged down with all this complaining. But how many of you want God's power? Then what we need to do is we need to say, you know what? I'm going to be thankful. I'm going to be thankful. So this brings us to our, our text this morning. So talking about power being released. Talking about God's power being released. Here's a story of uh, 10 men, or 10, we believe they were men, who uh, had leprosy. And uh, Jesus was kind of going through uh, Samaria and Galilee, and he encountered these, these 10 lepers. Now, if you know anything about leprosy, leprosy was, in those days, a horrible disease. I mean, there was no cure for it. I mean, it was, it was communicable. It was a disease that was uh, very debilitating. Uh, and whenever people got leprosy, they were basically, they were kept away from everybody. It was like when in, in, in the Old Testament, when, whenever you had leprosy, they had to, people had to walk by and, and yell, unclean. Could you imagine that you're being sick? Think about it. How many of you know that a touch, a lot of times when, when people are sick, you know, one of the things that, that, that make people have a degree of confidence, we touch them and hug them. As a leper, you couldn't do that. So imagine what they must have been going through. Let me just give an example, and I just kind of wrote this down so I wouldn't, I wouldn't mess it up. But, but leprosy, here, here, just to give you an idea of what it is, it begins with discoloration of the skin. Uh, a patch of skin may be pink or white. Portion of the eyebrows may disappear, spongy, Tumor, tumor-like swellings grow on the face or the body. The disease becomes systematic and involves internal organs as, as well as the skin. Marked deformity of the hands and feet would occur when tissues between the bones deteriorate and disappear. The disease was contagious, so lepers were isolated in those days, and they were kept away from the general public. So basically, if you had leprosy in those days, you were at a place where, where you, you had no way out. You were, I mean, you were pretty much just done. You were isolated, kept away from everybody. I mean, it, it's the worst possible disease. So here Jesus come walking through. No doubt they heard about Jesus because, because the Bible says that, if you read the text here, it says that they stood from afar. And they say, Master, Master, have mercy on us. Now, how do you know that Jesus heard them? And when Jesus heard them, Jesus said to them, go show, yourself to the, go show yourself to the priests. Now, the Bible says, as they went. Everybody say, as they went. See, sometimes you don't get the blessing of God until you get up and do what? What he said. So if they would have stayed there and not went like he said, go, that might have been a problem. Some of us live like that, right? You'd be like, God, you do this first and then I'll do that. Oh, oh how many know it don't work like that with God? As they went. They were healed. Now, there was a problem. So all of them got healed, all 10 of them. 
But out of ten, only one. Everybody see one. Only one of them. Out of ten. Only one of them came back and said, Lord, I thank you. Now, let's, let's learn a couple of things from this passage of scripture. And I, I hope not to be too long this morning. But there's a wonderful lesson that we can learn here. First of all, first point is, no matter, this is good, no matter what our condition is, God will have mercy on us. No matter what, how many know the lepers, the lepers were in a terrible position? Their backs were up against the wall. They had nowhere else to turn. How many have ever been that way? Back is up against the wall. You got nowhere else to turn, and there's nowhere, the only thing that can help you is God. And here, it doesn't matter what condition that you are in. It doesn't matter what sin that you committed. It doesn't matter what you did. How many know that when you call on the name of Jesus, he'll come right to your rescue? Now, people won't always come to your rescue. But how many know that, that people ain't your savior anyway? So don't trip when people don't respond the way they're supposed to respond. But the, I love that scripture in the Bible where it says that God's mercy are new every morning. Everybody say every morning. His mercies are new. So, so, so get this, church. So no matter what our condition is, and this is a wonderful message to share with folks, no matter what you have done, that if you call on his mercy, how many know that he'll have mercy on you? He's near to the brokenhearted. Amen? Number two, here's another point. The ungrateful nine represent the way that the majority treat Jesus nowadays. The ungrateful nine. How many know the, the ungrateful nine was ungrateful? Because they got the same healing that the one leper got. But you would at least think that when all of them start going to the priest and they realize they got healed, that somebody would have stopped and said, hold up, uh, where are you going? When they saw the one go back, they would have thought that maybe somebody would have said, hold on, where are you going? Uh, and the leper would have said something like, well, you know, I'm going to go back. I'm going to go back. And you would think that somebody else would have said, okay, let me go with you. But how many know they didn't? How many know they took the blessing and they ran? How many know that that's representative, honestly, that's representative of the society that we live in today? That many people, there are many people out there today, let's be honest, can we, can we talk? Let's be honest. There are many people out there today, they simply, they, they, want, they want nothing from Jesus other than what they want from Jesus. All right? So what they do is they, they, they just want the blessing. They don't, listen to me, they don't want to worship. How many know this man, we're going to talk about this here in a second, but this man, he worshiped. They don't want any commitment from God. They simply say, Lord, this is what I want. And how many know that's, that represents how society is? People come, how, many, how many know people that only come to God when they're in trouble? The only time they talk to God is when they want something. Now, here's the thing. God knows that, and he still blesses anyway. How many know that that's why Jesus said, blessed are those who use you and persecute you? Because he understands that. He said, you're still blessed. So even though people use God and even though God, you know, he knows that, that people just want to take the blessing and run, how many know he still will bless him anyway because he's a good God and his mercy endures forever? And so we must understand that, that it is a sign of the times. 2 Timothy 2, 3, 2 says this. Look at this verse. It says, for men will be lovers of themselves. This is talking about the last days. How many know that we're in the last days? 
I don't know, I don't know what, I don't, I don't care what they tell you, I don't care what the enemy says, we are living in the last days. And if you don't know that, then you, 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 you're on another planet. All you got to do is open your eyes and see what's going on around us. We are living in the last days. For he says, in the last days, men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money. Look at this. Boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents. Watch this. And unthankful. Everybody say unthankful. 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 So we understand as believers that the nine represent really how most people are when it comes to God. But how many know that we, want, we always give our thanks to God? We want to point to God. We want to let people know that it is all about Jesus. And how many know that when you get blessed, you ought to say it? <laughs> point number three, and this, is, this leads me to my next point. Look at this verse. I want you to look at this, uh, this verse here in uh, verse number 13. Actually, uh, let's look at verse number 14. So when he saw them, he said to them, go show yourselves to the priests. And so it was that as he went, they were cleansed. And one of them, look at verse 15, look at this verse. When he saw that he was healed, get this, when he saw the return and with a quiet voice glorified God. Is that what it says? I'm asking the questions. So that means you got to respond back. Thank you. Thank, thank you. With a what? Loud voice. They glorified God. How many know that a thankful Christian always let other people know about the goodness of God in your life? I mean, if you're really thankful, how many know that somebody ought to know about it? Somebody ought to know that God blessed you. You know, one of the things, it's, it's amazing to me, but, 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 you know, we, we, we all know, we talk about how God is blessed. If you come to church, man, and we get amongst each other, man, and we, man, God blessed us. But here's the question. Do the people out there associate your blessing with the goodness of God? Let me put it to you another way. Do you talk about the goodness of God and how he blessed you? In other words, do they know out there, because how many know when this leper got his healing, how many know, that Jesus normally, he traveled, he always traveled with a, bunch, with a bunch of folks. We know he traveled with his disciples. But how many know that when you really get healed by God, when God really helped you you, 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 you really don't care what a lot of people say or think. Come on, somebody. And so, so here, this man, when, when he gets healed, when he gets his healing, what does he do? The Bible says with a loud voice. In other words, he didn't care. He wanted it to be known. God, I thank you. How many know that with a loud voice, we ought to glorify God? The Bible says that let him who glory, glory in who? Glory in the, come on, somebody. Let him who glory, y'all got to help me this morning. Y'all got to get up. Do I have to get everybody standing up this morning? Come on. The Bible says let him who glory, glory in who? Glory in the Lord, or glory in Christ. Let him who glory, glory in the Lord. And so what this leper did was he did what, what all of us should do, that when we get a blessing, when God moves in our life in, in an extraordinary way, when God blesses us with stuff and houses and cars, and how many know whatever good health, the peace of mind, good relationship, how many know that we need to walk around and keep telling, letting people know God did it? God did it. Every chance you get, God did it. Every time something good happened, God did it. Every, I mean, every time God, even God blesses you with a raise, God did it. 
When God blesses you with good kids, God did it. When God blesses you with nice, oh, God did that. Oh, when God blesses you with nice, oh, God did that too. Oh, 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 when God healed, oh, oh yeah, God, God, God did that too. Oh, oh, when God gave me a good, oh, God did, God gave me a good boss. God did that too. In other words, every opportunity we get, we need to let it be known, hear me, church, God did it. In other words, how would they associate that you're really grateful? How would they really be able to associate that, that God is working in your midst unless you say it? How many know that we are his hands and feet on the earth? So this leper, he, with a loud voice, he gave glory to God, and all of us need to do the same thing. Number four, watch this. The leper, he worshiped and gave Jesus thanks. He worshiped. Look at verse number 16. And he fell down on his face, on his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. Now, let me, let, me, let me say this. There was nobody that told the leper that he needed to go and worship God. Nobody gave him 15 different points of instructions on how you ought to worship. He knew, a he, listen to me, now I want you to listen very carefully. Listen and say amen. He knew distinctively that there was something else that had just happened. He knew it. And when he realized what had happened, he worshiped. Here's what I'm trying to say to you, church. See, watch this. See, the lepers, all the other lepers, except for the one, they all get their healing. As they're going, they're getting their healing. But this one leper, just with the rest of them, he gets healed, and he's, he's jumping, he's, he's happy, he's excited. But somewhere along the line, he stopped, and he says, oh, hold on. Hold, hold, hold on. I just had a healing of a disease that, that's supposed to kill me. I just, I just got delivered. I, my back was up against the wall. I had no way out. Just, uh, just a, a few moments ago, I was trying to, I was preparing for my funeral. Just, uh, just a little while ago, I was just thinking about how uh, my family was going to survive. And all of a sudden, he realized, he said, wait a minute, this is no ordinary man. God, how many know that was not an ordinary miracle? <laughs> it did not happen. He realized, catch this, he realized that he was God. Because he came all the way back, he got down on his face, and he worshipped. He worshipped because he realized that Jesus wasn't just a man. This was no ordinary thing. He realized that this was God, and he worshipped. He worshiped, and you know what else he did? He gave thanks. And almost like Jesus was a little bit troubled about it because he said, um, you know, when he came back, he worshiped. He said, wasn't there anybody else other than this foreigner? Because how I many know that maybe the, 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 the Jewish folk, the Samaritans, everybody know about the Samaritans, right? The Samaritans were the Jewish people. They didn't like each other because the Samaritans, basically, they were a mixed race. They had mixed up with the Assyrians, and, uh, and so the Jews... Uh, and the Samaritans, they really had no, no dealing. They didn't like each other. It was, it was totally a racial thing. They disliked each other. They didn't want to have nothing to do with each other. And Jesus makes the point. He says, Cause I, cause, I mean, this guy, was there anybody else out of the ten other than the foreigner? 
which is really to say, Jesus is really saying, you know, if I can ghetto it, you ungrateful things, you. We got here a foreigner who is a Samaritan. A Samaritan. He came back, he gave thanks, and he recognized who God was. How many, how many know that sometimes God will use, God will use people on the outside to let us know just really how blessed we are. Sometimes we can get a little bit too comfortable until all of a sudden God opened our eyes up and we begin to see, oh, I'm really blessed. How many of you thought for one moment that you weren't as blessed as you thought you were and then you looked at somebody else and God showed you something and you're like, hold up, wait a minute, Lord, I thank you. I thank you, God, for the blessing. So this leper, he worshiped. See, how many know that thankful Christians, they worship? Thankful Christians, hear me. Thankful Christians don't care about what other people say or think when they raise their hands. Thankful people don't care when they go, listen, thankful people, when, when, when they go out and they start talking about the goodness of the Lord, they're not worried about whether or not people are going to like me or whether or not they're going to accept me. Because if you really love Jesus and you're really thankful, how many know you will worship? And when I say you would worship, I'm just not talking about how many know that how many know that when we come in here and raise our hand and sing, it's really a light thing. Because you're among Christians, right? But boy, it's something else when you get before the people out there and they see you and you raise your Lord, I thank you. God just did a miracle in your life. God, you, maybe God answered a prayer. How many know it'll be a good thing to just where you are, sitting right at your desk? Lord, I thank you. Without a care in the world. Can you do that? Or are you too self-conscious? How many know this leper didn't do that? When this leper got his healing, what did he do? The Bible says, with a loud voice. Loud. Everybody say loud. And be full of emotion. He said, Lord, I praise you. I thank you. How many know this is what God wants? He wants us to give him thanks. See, one of the things I've learned about drawing near to God, we're really thankful. How many know that, 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 that we, we, we draw closer to God? When we are truly thankful, when we're truly thankful, how many know that the minute we are not thankful and we go into all these other stuff, we, we start drifting further and further away from God? But when we are really thankful, it draws us near. How many know the Bible says that, that if we draw near to him, he will draw near to what? He will draw near to us. And one of the primary ways, let me tell you something right now. If you really want to experience the presence of God in a real fresh way, spend a lot of time. Hear me. Are you still listening? Say amen. Spend a lot of time praying and thanking God. Just thank him. Just, I mean, when you're at home, just walk around and thank you. When, 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 kids ain't, when, stuff are not, when kids are not acting right, say thank you. When the husband or the wife ain't acting right, just say thank you. When it looks like the bills are tight, you're not really sure where you're going to get the resources to say thank you. Let me tell you something. After a while, first of all, you'll start to get a whole lot lighter. And let me tell you something. And what you're starting to do is you're, going to, you're, you're inviting the presence of God because God attaches himself to grateful people. God attaches himself to people that know who he is and that they are thankful. God will use you in a mighty way when you're thankful. But understand this, when we talk about anointing, your anointing is crushed the minute that you start complaining. You will go to God like this. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you this. This, this is what will hurt you. 
Lord God, I just, Lord, this is just terrible. God, I just hate my job. Lord God, I don't like my kids. Lord God, I don't like my boss. Lord, I hate my coworkers. Lord, that, that is terrible. How many know that God would look at that and, and you, those prayers ain't going nowhere? Some of you, come on, somebody. Y'all don't really, y'all don't really want to talk. See, see, how many of you really want to talk this morning? You really want to hear truth. How many know that, that, that God put you in the world to be a light? So he called you to be thankful in all things to be thankful. Everybody say all. all. Can I ask you a question? What does all mean? All. Boy, y'all are smart, intelligent people. I like that. All means all. So what we got to do is we got to personalize it and say, Lord, I'm going to be thankful no matter what. Hear me, church. It's not saying that we have to necessarily love the way things are. It just says that we recognize that God is sovereign over it all. And that if I have the right attitude, everybody say attitude. I am convinced I've been living this thing long enough to know that God got a lot of what God, what God is doing in us. He's teaching us patience. He got, I, I said this before, hear me. God is more concerned about our character and our attitude than giving us stuff. Bible says he wants to conform us to the image of Christ. What does that simply mean? God wants to make you and I more like Christ in every situation. I said, I think I said last week something about your situation may not change, but if you have the right attitude, you will change. And what God is really trying to do is he's trying to change you. Some of you begging God to change your situation. That's how many of you have been waiting for years for God to change you? Come on. <laughs> how many of you been waiting for years? You've been waiting for a long time for God to, and there's been no movement. Here's one of the things you got to ask yourself. Do you have the right attitude? Because attitude in the kingdom determines altitude. Not all your intellect, not all your skill. God is more concerned with our character and our attitude. So if our attitude is off center, if our attitude is not right, guess what happens? It slows down the process. And how many know, like, how many know the children of Israel, you know why they went around that wilderness? Because God was conforming them, right? He kept them in that wilderness. And the whole time, what did they do while they were in that wilderness? Then they, did the brother, did they, they complain? Where's the meat? Tired of this matter. God kept me. Stayed in the wilderness. I was, a whole time. How many know God, God could have God took them where they needed to go in no time? How many know it didn't take 40 years? It didn't take 40 years, but it took them 40 years because of their attitude. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So some of us are stuck. Watch this. If you can receive it because of our attitude. Change your attitude and develop a heart of gratitude and things will begin to move in your life. Amen. Amen. Did y'all see that? Okay, good. All right. So with the last, so, so, so he worshiped and gave thanks. Here's the fifth point. Listen to this. When we're, um, no, no, actually number the sixth point. Now only one returned to give thanks to God. Only one. Only one. So let's, let's, let's talk about that just for a moment. Because I think it's important to underscore um, the fact that, that a lot of times as Christians, we are in the minority, right? Most of the people that you are around, they are not going to give thanks to God. I mean, it's just not, it, I mean, you know what? Most other folks that we're around, they are not going to give God things. In fact, I mean, how, how many, give, I'll give an example. Um, because we always, we always have an opportunity, and I do this a lot because I'm always out, but 
But every, every, how many of you say grace before you eat? I'm going to see it by show of hand. How many of you say, let me take the out. How many of you say grace before you eat? How many of you thank God for your food before you eat it? Okay. All right. Good. Now, how many of you, when you're around a lot of unbelievers, people who are not like you, how many of you say grace openly before you eat? Or are, are you, how many of you have ever been tempted to just kind of sneak it? I see some hands up there too. You know why, why is that? Because you're in a minority. But how many know in this case, being in a minority is a good thing? <laughs> so watch this. So every, time, every opportunity we got, we, we, we're going to give God thanks. Oh, excuse me, Jim. And, I, I, and you know what? How many know that Thanksgiving can be contagious? I've had people say, look, even though that they don't necessarily worship my God or go to church, but, man, I bow my head and I start praying, and then they, they'll stop. Oh, excuse me. They'll bow their head. They don't know what they do. But they go, okay, I got to bow. But, see, we got to be comfortable saying, you know what? I'm in a minority. But that's okay. It's a good thing because every opportunity you and I get, we want to capitalize on it and say, Lord, I'm going to give thanks. And we're going to let everybody know that I'm giving thanks. Excuse me, I need to pray and thank God for the food I'm about to eat. Now, that's a simple exercise, but try it. I mean, actually, stop the whole party. I mean, they can be in a deep conversation. Hey, God, excuse me, I want to eat, but I need to, I need to say, uh, I need to thank God for the food I'm about to receive. Try that and then let me know how that went. I bet you, number one, here's what they're going to do. They're going to stop. And, they, and, and look, and what they're going to do, they're, they're going to do like this. How many know what you just did there? You just witnessed. You gave God thanks. And you just released a power. You just released some of God's grace into that situation that at least, at minimum, they stop and think about it. How many know we ought to capitalize on those, on those opportunities? Amen? So we got so to be comfortable. We got to understand. Yeah, only most folks are not going to do it. Most folks, in fact, are going to be complaining. How many of you work in an atmosphere where there are a bunch of complainers? Come on, raise your hand. Come on, come on. All right. Look, let me do this. <laughs> I mean, I come to work from the minute I walk in the door. Somebody complaining about they didn't like this, they complaining about that person, they complaining about the boss. Every time you turn, there's always most people are going to complain. Here's my thing. Let's, let's just be different. Let's just say, you know what? I'm going to be different. I am not going to complain. The Bi- I'm going to give you this verse. The Bible says in Philippians 2.14, it's a wonderful verse. It says, do all things. This is, this, is, this is a wonderful verse in case anybody kind of doubt anything I'm saying here today. It says, uh, Philippians 2.14, do all things without complaining or disputing. <laughs> you said, do all things. Everybody say, do all things. Well, y'all getting a good word today, aren't you? I can see the smile on y'all faces. Well, y'all like, he just do, because, because, and you, and you'll realize after you hear a message like this, you'll go home and you'll realize how much you actually complain. Some of us just need to just thank and say, Lord, I love, thank you, Lord God. I'm sorry. I need to repent because I've been complaining. How many know that when we start complaining like that, we just shut off the power of God? Are you hear what I'm saying? So we don't want to do that. We want to be people. We want to be different. So we got to be comfortable being in a minority. Only one return. But here's my thing. Are you the one or are you the nine? Which are you? Here's here's another point in this story in verse number 18. Look at verse number 18. Let's start in verse number 17. 
So Jesus answered and said, watch this. Were not ten cleansed? Now, who's talking here? Why? Because in my Bible, Jesus is in the red. <laughs> but look at this. He says, Jesus said, now, were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Hmm. Were there not any found who returned to give God, give glory to God except this one foreigner? Now, here's what we can glean from this, for that particular verse. Jesus had to ask the question. He says, where? Where are the nine? Where are they at? I healed ten folks, but where, where, are, the, where are they? Here's what I want us to understand. How do we know that Jesus take note whether or not we are thankful or unthankful? Jesus, he is paying attention. Everybody say he's listening. Everybody say he's seeing. Jesus said, where are the nine? Some of the folks that got blessed, that prayed and asked God to move, and they should be in church today, God is saying, hey, where are the nine? Where are they at? Come on, somebody. He says, where, he, he's saying, where are the nine? In, in other words, in other words, God wants us to give him thanks. He wants it. How many of you have ever did, just do me a favor, and I, and I, and I, I began to do it the other, uh, uh, yesterday, and I didn't have time, really. I just didn't have time because, but, you know, I began to kind of do a study of Thanksgiving throughout the Bible, and you know the Bible is full of passages about giving thanks. I mean, I was like, man, I mean, it is so, I mean, I'm like, I started reading, I'm like, this is endless. I mean, there's no way I can exhaust the text as it relates to Thanksgiving because this is something that God is very, very serious about. How do you know he wants our thanks? And when we don't, listen, and when we're not thankful, he's paying attention to it. He's remembering. He knows. How do you know that if God is paying attention to it, then we want to make sure that we're giving him thanks. You want to be sure that you're a person that's giving God his due, that you're giving glory to him, and that you are, that you're not one of those where Jesus would have to say, where you at? Where you at? Give God thanks. Next point. We're almost done. He said to him, actually, this is the last point. In verse number 19, and he said to him, arise, Jesus talking to this one leper, go your way, your faith has made you well. Now, if you really study that in the Greek, that word well, there's a Greek word, and the Greek word is sozo. It's kind of S-O-Z-O. And what it means is salvation. Now, see, what the other lepers got is they got a physical healing. How many know that at the end of the day, if somebody get a physical healing, that's one thing. But how many know if their soul is not redeemed, that's a whole other story. You follow what I'm saying? See, this is why I say all the time, I am all good. I, don't, I, I, I think we should give to the poor. We should give to the hungry. We should do all those things. God wants us to do that. But you know what's really more important than anything else is a person's soul salvation. We act like the healing is the end dog. Let me tell you something. If worst case scenario, 
Worst case scenario, if, if somebody don't get healed, but they, they, but they know Jesus, how many know they're in a far greater condition? See, so, so the, see the, other ten, the other nine lepers, they got their healing, and to them, that was all that mattered. They were gone. But the one leper who came back, watch this. He got, a, he got an extra dimension of God's grace. Jesus says, your faith has made you well. In other words, translation, your faith has saved you. See, everybody else, they got the physical healing. They were gone. But this one leper, he got saved. You know why? Because he recognized who Jesus was. And let me tell you something. When you recognize who God is and you understand who controls all things and you understand that who is the ruler, how many know that you will be thankful no matter what? You will thank him because you know who he is. You understand that. And so when we know who he is, when we know uh, his power, his authority, when we understand all of that, church, hear me, we will be thankful. Why? Because I know that God is in control and he is my savior. This leper, he got that revelation. He said, no, 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 I don't just need, I don't just need a, a physical healing. I need Jesus. How many know there's a lot of people that's coming to your house this Thanksgiving? They don't need just a physical, they don't just need their physical needs met. They need Jesus. And one of the ways that we can help them find Christ or find Jesus is that we ourselves worship him and we are always giving thanks unto him for what God is doing. How many of you are believing God for some supernatural blessing this, this season? I mean, you know, I'm talking, about, I'm talking about God being involved in your lives. I'm talking about God really changing your family dynamic. I'm talking about God just really shifting some things. And, and, and let me tell you something. The, the gateway, that's why the Bible says, enter his gates with thanksgiving. I believe that the gateway to a lot of that is just recognizing that God is sovereign and you thanking God in advance for what he is going to do. We speak those things that are not as though they were. That, how many know that's faith? He came back. He got on his knees and he worshiped. He realized he was God. He was thankful and God poured a blessing over his life. I believe that, that even for us, even if we're Christian, I believe that every time that we live, I say live, I want to, I want, I want to underscore, when we live in thanksgiving, I, when, we, when we live in it, I believe there's extra measure of grace to everyone who will live in the spirit of thanksgiving. I believe there's an extra measure of grace to everybody who say, I am not going to complain. I don't care what, I'm not going to do it. That's our motto. That's, that's our motto for this, for, this, for this holiday season. No complaining. And the minute you hear it, check it. Oh, 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 check it. I want to leave you with a, final, a couple final thoughts and we're done. And I said this one earlier, but I'll say it again. Pray prayers of thanksgiving. Philippians 4, 6 says this. It's a great verse for you. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, all right? With, everybody say with. With thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. So pray prayers of thanksgiving. Thank God a lot. Thank him a lot. I don't care how hard it is, just say, I'm going to thank you. Just thank, I, thank him a lot. Number two, watch this. Here's a big one. There's only three. Be content. Everybody say, be content. 
Paul said this in Philippians 4, verses 11 through 13. He says, not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in what, well, listen, church, this is a wonderful verse. He said, for I have learned. How many know that some of us got to learn it? Some of us got to learn it. You hear what I'm saying? Paul says, for I have learned in whatever state I am. You see, this is what will, this is what will keep you thankful, that no matter what state you're in. Paul said, I had to learn it. In other words, Paul said that there were times that I didn't get it. <laughs> and there are times that some of us don't get it. But Paul said, I have to learn. He said, I had to learn to be content in whatever state that I am. Everywhere in all things, I've learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me. Come on, church. Y'all hear what he's saying? So be content. One of the reasons why we complain sometimes we're not thankful like this one leper was is because we're just not content. Learn contentment. It don't mean that you just have to stay there, but it just means that as you are waiting for God to move in your life, you have an attitude of gratitude. And then lastly, watch this, focus on the goodness of the Lord. Everybody say focus. You know, it's so easy sometimes to pick out all the negative stuff that is, that, that is around you. Am I right about, about it? The easiest thing to do is to extrapolate all the negative stuff in your life. This, this, is, what, this is what an evil and adulterous generation of, of fallen people that have fallen away from God. This is the, the depravity of man right here. The depravity of man is, is that we're, we're, just, we're, just, we're loaded down with sin and the cares of this life. And, and, and very, very naturally, you know, we're just, we're just negative. But I want to challenge you this Thanksgiving to say, you know what? Focus on the goodness of God. Psalm 107, verses 1 and 2 says this. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. How many know that his mercy truly does endure forever? So you know what? Here's what you do. This is a practical thing. Find whatever, whatever your situation is, find within that situation something to be thankful for. Now, here's what's going to happen. Immediately, what's going to happen is you're going to see the negative. You're going to see reason to complain. But I want you to act like you don't see that. I want you to act. I mean, you see it, but here's what I'm asking you to do. I mean, I'm asking you, I want you to have a wonderful holiday season. This is what I want you to do. So, because this thing, because how many got people coming in town or you spending time with family Thanksgiving? Come on, raise your hand. All right. All right. So this message is going to be really, it's going to really help you. It's going to really help you. So watch this. Decide, how many know that Jesus, that Jesus, if, if he would have stopped and checked every one of our sins, he probably would have never got nothing done. <laughs> Sometimes you just gotta look, you gotta look to God. You gotta say, God, I thank you. God, what are you doing in my family? God, what do you want to do in my home? What do you want to do with my children? What do you want to do with my uncle? What do you want to do with my father? What do you want to do with my family? God, what do you want to do? In other words, just overlook. Don't be, don't be worried. Listen, people ain't going to do what they're supposed to do. Just don't worry about that. Just focus on the goodness of God. So, God, I see some good in that situation. You know what? You, you were messed up and all that, but you know what? At least you came, and I'm glad you came. And because you came, I'm going to be a blessing to you. Now, here's what will happen to you. Instantly, you're going to discover that not only that you're going to be less stressed, because how many know all of us can have a little bit less stress in our life? Come on, somebody. I mean, stuff is hectic enough. So watch this. So if I decide to dwell on the positive, 
Bible says, think on, Paul talked about think on these things. Whatsoever is good, whatsoever is lovely, whatsoever is pure. Paul was really trying to say, think happy thoughts. Say, go to your happy place. Just go to your happy place. You know that song? Because I'm happy. Y'all know that song? I mean, play that song. Play that song. Whatever you need to do, play it. I'm happy. I mean, whatever you need to do, go to your happy place. Why, why, and why are you doing it? It's not because you're just you're, you're blind. It's just that you are choosing to take the higher ground. And you're going to be a blessing. And God's going to use you in an amazing way. So you're going to be thankful. Now, you're going to have a great Thanksgiving. If you apply these principles, learn from the leper, be like him, worship God, be thankful, talk about his goodness, share his goodness, your life will never be the same. Did you receive that this morning? I'm going to give Jesus a praise clap if you did. Amen. Amen. Every head is bowed. Every eye is closed. We're going to just pray. Father, we just want to, uh, first, Lord, thank you. We, we are so grateful, Lord. I know we say thank you a lot. And sometimes, Lord, we're, we're, sometimes we say it too much that it, it becomes routine and mundane. But, God, we pray this morning, God. We pray, Lord, with all of our heart, soul, and strength. The God, that we would truly be a people that are thankful, Lord. We thank you for the leper who understood and knew who you were, who understood, Lord, what you did in his life, and he was so grateful. God, we want to first, Lord God, we want to thank you, Lord, for all that you have done in our lives. We want to thank you for salvation. Lord, you reminded us that this one leper, because of his gratitude, because of the revelation of who you were, he came back, he worshiped, and unlike the other nine, he received salvation. Maybe you're sitting here today, and the reality of it is, is that you don't know Jesus. None of this will really matter until you decide to give your life over to him and serve him. He died that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Maybe you're here this morning and you have never, ever dedicated your life to Jesus. You naturally, you've been complaining, you've been fussing, you've been uh, just all over the place and just not, uh, just not seeking God and, and your life is just in shambles and you don't have a sense of purpose, you don't have a sense of direction. Jesus this morning is saying, come unto me. All who labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. That's you here this morning and you say, Pastor Gary, I haven't given my life to Jesus. And I'm tired of running. I'm tired of trying to figure it out. What Jesus promised to give us is new life. He doesn't want to be a part of your life. He simply wants to take over your life. And by taking over your life, he will give you beautiful ashes. He will give you eternal life. And he will give you a peace that will never leave. That's you this morning. You say, Pastor, I'm, I want to give my life to Jesus. I really want to go all the way with him. I'm tired. I'm ready to come in. If that's you, just slip your hand up. I want to pray with you this morning. Is there one? You know who you are. If you've never given your life to Jesus, the Bible says today if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. That is love talking to you. That's love talking to you. Just 
just love talking to. Is there one to say, Pastor, Lord, Pastor, I want to give my life to Jesus today. I want to go all the way.